You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our associate pastor, Brent Hand, with this week's message. So we're going to go to the book of Revelation and read from uh, Revelation today. And Revelation, if you don't know, it's, uh, it's a book that's uh, it's kind of trippy, for uh, lack of a better term. It's, uh, it's got a lot of stuff in there. Uh, it's about a, a guy named John. He's on the Isle of Patmos, and he's exiled there probably because of, of Christian persecution. And he's writing this letter to some churches, and he has some visions, and has a lot to do with the future. And we think about, you may have heard stuff, you know, about like beasts coming out of the sea, and the, the sea turning, you know, the, the undrinkable, you know, and, and uh, earthquakes, and all these, these horrible things that will happen. But there's some good stuff that happens in there, too. There's some other things in there besides that. We always focus on that part. At the very beginning, though, it starts in a very simple way. It starts in the first chapter with John having the vision, and he, he hears a voice. He hears a voice that calls out to him, and he says he turns, and there's, he sees seven lampstands. And in the middle of those lampstands is Jesus. And then, you know, that sounds kind of like a weird vision, a weird, you know, what does that mean? But then it spells it out completely, what it, what it means. is there's these seven churches that John is, the seven churches that he's supposed to be writing this to, and there's a message that Jesus has for each one of these churches. And uh, the very first one he gets to, this is what he says. Uh, these are his words for the church of Ephesus. He says, um, and this is Jesus speaking. This, isn't, this is John relating what Jesus spoke to him in a vision. So it says, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary. In today's vernacular, it just be, you know, you, I, I see what you're doing. Keep it up. You know, it, it, what he's saying is, you know, Jesus is saying, hey, I've seen you. You've been working. I've seen you. You've been, you've been about my business. I see you. You've been getting your hands dirty. You've been doing some things. You've been going through some stuff. You've been, you've been you know, you, you, you've been through it. And you've come out the other side, and you're still going. You're still going. And, and he's saying, you know what? I see that you stood up, and you stood up for what's right. And you've said that, you know, th- these are the things that are right. And you've seen when people have, have drugged my name through the, the mud, you've stood up again for, for me. That's what, he, that's what it's saying here. But then the next verse, it's not all roses. It'd be nice if it ended right there. But he says, but, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first but this I have against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first maybe I think this is this is for us maybe maybe it's for you and God, Jesus saw the good works that they were doing he saw the good things they were doing he saw all the, the ways they were doing what was right they were doing all the right things but they were missing one thing, and that was, was going after his heart. They, were, they, they abandoned their first love. Um, you know, just making it, just making it every week isn't enough. Just, just doing all the right things, saying all the right words, and, and being, you know, the little Christian that we're supposed to be isn't enough. If we've lost the heart, the passion of being, being who he's called, of seeing the love of Jesus in our lives uh, that he has for us and responding in the same way. He loves us greatly, deeply. We've already sung about it this morning. He loves us so 
with so much love. And we need that same love in response to him. Uh, doing the work isn't enough. Just going through things and, and coming out, those are great things. And Jesus sees those things. And he puts a little gold star on them and says, that's great that you did that. But you've lost something along the way. You've missed something. And it's, it's, the, it's the love. It's the love that they've lost. Um, and so what's, what's the, and maybe that resonates with you a little bit. Maybe you've gotten busy doing the things you're supposed to do, saying the things you're supposed to say, being the Christian that you're supposed to be, and you've lost the heart that you once had. Luckily, uh, Jesus lays out a real quick little, little formula to get back there. And it's there in, in, in verse 5. It says, remember. Can you remember that? Say, say that so you'll remember it. Say, remember. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent. Say repent. Just so you remember it. Repent and, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Remember. First of all, he says remember. So remember where you've fallen from. Remember the love you had at the beginning. When me and Lauren first started dating, um, actually before we started dating, I, I was with another girl that I was dating at the time, and we went to lunch with Lauren, and uh, maybe some other people, maybe it's been us and her. I can't really remember. But I remember Lauren telling us she'd been on several dates recently with guys. I'm sorry, Lauren. And really, she was just there to get food. She was excited about it, you know? She was having fun and having a free meal every now and then, you know? And go, going to see a movie, you know, on somebody else's dime. She was happy about it. And so, if, uh, you know, and so a few months later, I was living in Atlanta by this point, and uh, I, I would come back to Birmingham for the weekend, and I was single, and I, uh, I knew Lauren was way out of my league. But I thought, you know what? She likes dinner. <laughs> and I was like, she may not, you know, she may not be into me, but she's into food. So I'm going to call her up. Oh, I, think I, I think I texted her. This was the first, I mean, this was back in the early days of texting. I think I texted her, actually, and said, hey, you want to go get dinner tonight? And, and we did. And guess what? Here we are. Here we are. I don't know how many years later. Uh, it was two, that, that was 2004, so that's how long ago that was. Um, and, like, it was, it was like, the, like, in the middle of that, like, there was so many things that were going on. I lived in Georgia, and I was like, you know, it was a, kind of a long-distance thing. I'd come back every once or twice a month, and then I moved to Texas, and it was a, a very long-distant thing, and I'd see her maybe once a month if I was lucky, sometimes longer than that, and uh, then we ended up moving right back here to Gardendale area, and uh, right next to where she, she lives, so we're, but like during those times, like when I was away, like I, remember I was I was missing her, you know, I was thinking about her, and I was longing to see her again, and to, to be able to take her to dinner, you know, and uh, you know, sometimes now, like I see her all the time, you know. <laughs> I see her every day, you know? And it's easy to take that for granted. It's easy to just say, well, yeah, that's, that's how things are. But sometimes it's good to remember. I, can't, I don't want to move back to Texas, okay? That's not what I want to do. But sometimes it's good to remember how I felt back then and why I felt like that. And sometimes it's good for us, too, as Christians, when we, when we feel like, you know, we've grown cold a little bit, to remember how it used to be, how it used to be for us how it can be again. Um, do, you, do you have a time in your life? Think about this. Do you have a time in your life where you think back and say, that was the time when I was really close to God. That was the time when I was really excited about what God was doing. That was the time when I, when I knew 
I knew that God was moving in my life. I saw so many things. Have you had that time in your life? Do you have that time? I want you to think about it. I'm giving you a minute to think about it. Maybe it's a couple of times. Man, we, we, need that, we need that memory sometimes. You know, sometimes it's easy to write off, you know, us old married couples, it's easy to write off puppy love. But, man, there's some power in puppy love. Puppy love, like, you know, it, it climbs mountains, right? <laughs> puppy love, it, it swims oceans, it breaks curfew, it does it all, <laughs> right? Right? Man, but there's, there's something about remembering, remembering where you were and why. How does it say here? It says, it says, remember from where you have fallen. Remember from where you have fallen. Got to remember that. Um, then the second, he goes on and says, repent. And repent's a very simple, simple phrase, and it sounds like it's easy enough, but it's doing a 180, basically. I think we think sometimes, oh, it's just apologizing for what you did wrong. But it's so much more than that. It's not just about saying you were wrong. It's about knowing you were wrong, living as if you are wrong, and trying to make it right. It's not, it's not living the way you used to. It's turn around and going the other way. And so when, when Jesus says the word repent, you may immediately say, I haven't done anything wrong. Well, guess what? You're not ready to repent yet. You're not ready to repent. That's way, where you're at. Um, and I'm saying even, he's talking to, some, to a Christian church here, okay? And he's telling them to repent, right? Um, and, but what was their, their sin was they were busy doing the good things, but they were missing the best thing. Right? Like, that's, that's, that's the thing that I feel like we do so much in modern um, America, you can say whatever it is, it's, it's, we're so busy and we kind of we wedge God in here on a Sunday morning. And that's, that's just not it. We've got to find a better way to do it. We get so busy doing things that we miss it. Um, there's a story about Jesus. I, th I thought about Jesus last week about him talking to Martha. I'm going to tell another story on Martha. Today, last week we talked about Lazarus, and this, today we're talking about Mary. Um, but it says that as they went on their way, Jesus and the disciples, they entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into the, her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with so much serving. Um, am I reading the right? Am I, it's different up there, isn't it? Okay, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And uh, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is be better, and it will not be taken from her. Busy doing the good things and missing the best thing. I don't want to get there. It's not saying that, that doing the good things is wrong. It's not saying that you're not supposed to, 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 do, to get your hands dirty. It's not, it's not saying you're not supposed to be doing something. But it's saying we can't do that and miss the heart. And here's what Jesus knew. is Jesus knew that if, if, if Mary, if, if Martha would, would get the passion, she could, she could do both, right? She can do both. She can serve and have a heart. And that, and that when Mary got, got really passionate about Jesus, she would begin to serve too and she would t t do something but um, he doesn't just want you to be busy he wants you to be passionate he wants you to have a heart not just doing things because that's the way we do things not just doing things because I'm supposed to but doing things because I'm passionate 
And right now, we need, there's lots of places in the church we need help doing things. Uh, we need people serving and doing stuff. But look, we, really, what we need you to do is be passionate. Right? Because when you're passionate, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna not just say, oh, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. Just say, yes, I'm excited. Because when you get excited about Jesus, when you really do, you're not, you're not saying, well, it's not, you don't have a mentality of, oh, please come serve me. But you get in a mentality of, oh, let me serve someone. Right? And so, so we've got to have that, that passion. If we missed it, we've got to get back to it. We've got to get back to it. God's got a lot of, of great things uh, on the way for our church. And we've got to have that passion, that fire that we used to have. We've got to remember it. And we've got to repent for not being there anymore, for losing it. And then third, the third thing it says, well, let me say this one more time. I read that scripture at the beginning. I want to say it again. I want you to, I want you to think on it. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. If you feel far away, and when I talk about that kind of stuff and that passion, say, oh, man, that seems like such a foreign thing to be passionate about Jesus. If that seems, dude, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Uh, and then third, Jesus says, do what you did at the beginning. And just to fit in with the, the remember and repent thing, return. That works. Um, return. Do what you did at the beginning. And what Jesus, uh, Jesus says to do is you don't have to go back to the beginning, okay? You don't have to get in the time machine and, and rewind the clock back. But go back to what, what it was. Think about it. Why would we remember the way that things used to be? Why was it like that? What was it? What's changed today? Well, how have you changed? Think about those things and, and go back to doing what you did at the beginning. I, I like to think of a, of a church camp mentality, okay? I used to go to church camp when I was a kid. Loved it. Loved it. I wish we could, you know, I wish we could go live there all year long, but we can't. Church camp, you know, you go and you'd, you'd be with a, you know, a few hundred other Christian teenagers or, or kids and you'd be there in, the, in that camp and you'd, you know, for a week or whatever, you'd, you'd be there and you'd go to church and you'd, you'd be focused on Jesus. And, dude, you get, by the end of the week, you'd be, you'd be psyched. Jesus. You'd be hyped to go and do something for God. And that's great. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying, saying that, that, that's an awesome thing, but it can't last forever. Eventually, we have to go back to real life and we have to take something with us, right? And maybe you have other times in your life, you know, we're thinking about those times that, uh, that we were closer to God. Man, we've got to be able to create those spaces in our lives. We're adults. <laughs> we have to do that. We have to be, build places like that in our lives. That, that we can do that. And the thing is, is, is we get that mentality of, man, those were the days way back when, you know, at that, that, uh, you know, that old church or that other place, you know, the other time. But you know what? There was those, those times usually with somebody else praying and, and sweating and putting in the, the work to get there. And then, then we got to reap the benefit. I know when I was here, I reaped the benefits of so many people pouring into me, so many people laying things out for me, so many people, you know, you know, building the places and now we're adults like I said we're adults it's time for us to make something to build a place to build I'm talking about like in our in our lives we need to build places where the, that God is 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 able to 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 re recharge us to to bring that to back to life in us you know that should be something that naturally happens in our lives um and so like let's not sit in a in a like way back then right now is when God wants to do something Right now, we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but man, man, we're even thinking like, oh, one day down the road, God's going to do something awesome. No, right now, right now, what's God want to do? Let's not miss what he's doing right now. And again, I want to bring it up again. James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. What's the timetable on that? 
what, where, what is it? Is it, they, you know, it's, it's now. It's now. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. And so those are the things. Repent. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I've got to remember, remember. Remember, repent, and return, right? And do those three things. But that, it's not that simple. So what does it take to rekindle the fire? It may not feel that simple sometimes. What does it really take for you to rekindle the fire? How, how do you, or maybe how to start one to begin with. Maybe I'm talking about this and you're like, I've, I've never had a real passion for, for God. I've never felt that before, but I've heard stories, right? Maybe you've heard it and maybe that's why you're here today is you feel like, you know, I want some of that. I want, I've heard, I want to find out, is it real? Or maybe you just heard, you know, maybe your parents or, or other people or you've seen stuff online or, or whatever it is or wherever you're at. What does it take to start a fire, rekindle a fire? What does it matter? In real life, there's three things that it takes to start a fire. Does anybody know what it is? Don't throw them up there yet, Brandon. What are the three things? Does anybody know? I don't, that just sounded like jumbled mess. That was a bad idea. It's three words, and y'all are throw, randomly throwing out different ones at the same time. That was a bad idea. Okay, throw them up there, Brandon. We'll read them together. Good idea. Brent, fuel, oxygen, and heat. Those are the three things you need. You need fuel, you need oxygen. And so, first of all, you got to have something to burn. You got to have something to burn. If you ain't got something to burn, you ain't got a fire, right? And so, uh, what is the what is the fire that we need? What, what is our fuel? Romans twelve one says, "Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We're we're the fuel. You're the fuel. I'm not saying we're, diff- we're really going to set ourselves on fire literally here today, guys. Okay, don't don't y'all are getting real quiet on me. I got worried there for a second." Thought we were going somewhere weird. Spiritually, we're the fuel. Spiritually, we are the fuel. That we've got to be open and willing. You know, um, can I be real honest with you? Um, you know, one of the things I'm afraid of, maybe you're afraid of it too, is dying. Is anybody else afraid of dying? Okay, that's, that's, that's a joke, kind of sort. I'm sorry, I joked about dying, my bad. Um, everybody's afraid of that a little bit, right? But one of the things I'm really afraid of is, uh, is what's going to happen to my kids. You know, I worry about that sometimes. Like, if something were to happen to me, what would happen to my kids? And the other, uh, about a month ago, I was praying, and, and you know, I'm praying, and I, I just feel like this, uh, I've been reading the, the story of Abraham, you know, with Isaac, and I was thinking about all that, that stuff going on. And uh, I was thinking about that, and I just thought, you know, um, like, like trusting God with my kids past me, that's part of it, right? Is that God's going to handle it. I'm just I've got to release, release it. Say, God knows what he's doing, right? And, like, that's hard. That's hard to, like, release your kids and just say, God, you got this. If, if something were to happen to me, I know that you've got them, right? That, that's hard to do. Um, but, or, or, you know, there's maybe other places in my life, too, that, that I've, I've got station off and say, God, you know, don't mess with this. Like, you know, you have all this. We do that. Do you do that? Do you, do you have places like, I, I don't need God to mess with this over here. We do that because we think we've got this figured out over here. And I don't want to say anything particular because... I do. Like you're all going to say, oh, at least I'm not doing that, right? But we all do. Think about it. Think about your life. What is it that you sectioned off and said, said, no, this, this is, I've already got this all handled. I don't need God to enter into that spot. And this may be something you need to wrestle with this week. Maybe something you need to think about later on this week. What is it that I've held back? Um, Richard uh, Wormbrand, I think they pronounced that. I kind of mumbled it, but that works. Um, he's, he was a Romanian uh, priest, preacher, uh, and uh, was uh, in the communist under the communist regime and uh, ended up in uh, spending lots of time in uh, prison 
there in Romania, uh, and I think Russ Craig actually shared this on Facebook the other day, and I was like, that is perfect. The, I saw that, and I remembered that story and of who he was. And uh, But a man really believes not what he recites in his creed, but only the things he's ready to die for. And that's the thing is, I think sometimes we've watered down what Jesus is, what the church is, what Christianity is, so that so that you know it, it doesn't sound too like too much, but we've taken away what it is that people are willing to die for. You know, this is something awesome. What Jesus did for us on the cross, what He's trying to do in all of our lives. This is not something that's just a good idea. This is not something that's just like, oh, that sounds nice. No, this is something worth giving your entire life to. This is something worth giving everything you have to, every bit of you. That's what this is. Because it's, it's big enough to change the world. It's big enough to change us. It's big enough, it's big enough to, 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 to really matter because it's bigger than you and me. Right? This is, this is big. So do you have something to burn today? Do you have something to burn? Do you have something, do you have fuel? Second, you need oxygen. Oxygen, I mean, you say several things, but I think it's the right atmosphere. You need atmosphere. And think about it. Again, like I said a minute ago, we're adults. We get to curate our own little, you know, existence, what our life is like. What is the place that you've created? What are the voices that you're letting in to your life? What are the, um, what are the different Different. Uh, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? What are the thoughts and the and those? What are those things that you have you've built your life around? Because that'll tell you what kind of atmosphere you have. And if it, if you have that right atmosphere, or you have the wrong atmosphere, then it's gonna it's gonna kill the fire. If you don't have the right atmosphere, and and that's uh, it's it's so imperative to 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 check regularly. The voices that you're letting in, the, whether it be be people in your life or whether it be, um, uh, you know, media of any kind, social media or or you know, movies or whatever that is, to check those things and what they're doing. And say, so, well, this is all well and good, but if it's if it's if it, there's some things that we think are good that are still drawing us away, that are still making us think negatively about about life or about Jesus or about whatever, that we need to check those voices and say, is this bringing me closer to God? Or is it, uh, you know, is it, is it, or is it, is it taking me away? And I used to, when I was a youth pastor, I'd have teenagers come and ask me all the time, like Pastor Brent, like, what, do, what do I need to do? You know, I'm trying to figure out what college to go to. Like, what college does God want me to go to? I'm sorry, that's my voice for a teenager. It's just like, duh, duh, duh. sorry, <laughs> so sorry to any teenagers in the room. Um, I'm sorry. And they come to me, I'm gonna do a better voice this time. Pastor Brent, like, what, I'm thinking about that's better, right? They're so full of life. Um, but like. You know, who do I need? You know, I'm thinking about dating this person, and I don't know if I should, be, you know, and all that. Like, and I always tell them, it's like, I don't, I don't know that God cares, like, this is the person that you're supposed to date. Like, have it written down on a piece of paper somewhere. I think, or where to go to school or what career. It's, which one's going to draw you closer to me? You know? He doesn't, that's what, that's what he wants us to do, is to find the things in our life that are going to bring us closer to him. Find the things that are going to draw us closer. And, uh, that, and, that's the thing is making sure that we have the right atmosphere and then right here is where I've written down are you in a grow group that's where I've written here um, so I'm going to share that right now are you in a grow group are you that's that's one way you can create a better atmosphere for yourself because at least 
for just a few minutes every week, you have somebody. You, you can sit with somebody, or even if you, you can't be there, you still know there's some people that are praying for you. There's some people that got your back, right? So are you in the grow group? Um, please go to the uh, connect page and find one, okay, because it'll help you. If you're struggling with that atmosphere, find one, plug in, do it. Um, so, so fuel, oxygen, and the third thing you need is heat. And heat, that's the spark, right? We've got to have that spark. And, uh, you know, really like heat is something that's, you know, from out, it's the natural world. It's from outside. So I really see that as God. It's in Hebrews 12 says that our God is a consuming fire. Uh, he's the fire. And here's the thing. Like, well, how do I get God there? Look, I'm responsible for the fuel and the atmosphere. Let God, let God handle the fire. Let him handle the, the heat, right? Let him handle that. I think if we show up in those two ways and we begin remembering, repenting, and returning, if we do that, God's going to show up with the heat. If we show up and we, we curate those, those places. And look, let me go back. Let me go back. I don't want to skip this. Um, on the atmosphere, one of the best ways, too, is a daily, is a daily practice of, of praying and reading your Bible. If you, if you don't do that, like you can't recenter yourself and you're, 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 you have all these voices pulling you to and fro, find that place. And one of the, one of the things we're about to do is we're about to go into 21 days of prayer. Um, Brandon, I don't have it back there, but could you throw the, the slide up from the announcements? Um, but we're going to 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And before we want to invite you to, we've done this several, for a couple, a couple times, different ways. But uh, this year, what we want to do is we're going to do, we're going to get together on Facebook Live every morning at 6 a.m. I know that's early, but it's going to be Facebook Live. You know, you can turn it on, and if you're having to get ready for work or you're driving to work, you can turn it on and just leave it on and listen to whatever you're doing. You can ha have it on and pray with us, okay? Um, we'll have different people on there uh, to pray with us, and uh, every day will be for about, I say about 10 minutes, maybe maybe a little longer than that. Uh, about five minutes, probably only about five or so minutes of praying together, and then just encouragement to pray through the day. And then on Saturdays, we're going to have the building open from 7 to 8 in the morning uh, to come up here and pray. And uh, about 7.30, we'll kind of maybe have a little prayer together, but we'll have some prayer in here from 7 to 8. Um, one day a week. This is, this, that sounds like, oh, man, three times. Three times, okay? And then the coffee shop will be open at 8 o'clock, so you can grab a snack or whatever on the way out. And um, that's just something, something we want to do because God's preparing us to do something awesome, right? And that'll also, that'll also prepare you, help you, start that that regular routine of getting up in the morning and praying or, or cutting out that little time if you don't have that time to pray so but that'll be on our facebook page you can just go straight there and and be a part of it okay um it's going to be at six o'clock it won't be on there later but that's just to encourage you to get up and be there at six okay um but i know that we can all be there at that time but if i can i want to encourage us today I hope I already have. That, um, when I said earlier that, uh, to remember that place that you used to be. I don't, I, don't, I don't know where that was for you, but you do. Um, 
you get back there. You can get back there, and it, the, the pathway back there is not back. It's forward. Um, what's fire do? When we catch fire, what happens? It draws a crowd. What happens is fire brings people together. Fire brings you know, people together. I mean, that's the thing. Is like Right now, we're seeing a lot of new faces around here. We're experiencing a lot of growth. And that's, those are great things. And I believe that's because the fire's starting to burn. We got, we got to make sure it's not just a fire here, but it's a fire here. Are you with me? Don't miss it. Don't miss what God's doing. Uh, Kerry Newhoff said this. I read this this week. It's a, it's a shame when people come to church looking for God and only find us. God, don't let that be us. God, don't let that be me. Don't let me stand in your way, Jesus. I think today we, th we have a lot of things about, we have a lot of things we say about people and you know how this generation is or that generation is and all that mess. But I think what this time, what people are looking for is something. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.